0: Section 1 of Cossack Fairy Tales This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adam Wilkins, June 2017. Cossack Fairy Tales by Robert Nisbet Bain Introduction the favourable reception given to my volume of Russian fairy tales has encouraged me to follow it up with a sister volume of stories selected from another Slavonic dialect extraordinarily rich in folk tales, I mean Ruthenian, the language of the Cossacks. Rufanian is a language intermediate between Russian and Polish, but quite independent of both. Its territory embraces, roughly speaking, the vast plain which lies between the Carpathians, the watershed of the Dnieper, and the Sea of Azov with Lemberg and Kiev, for its chief intellectual centres. Though it had been rigorously repressed by the Russian government, it is still spoken by more than 20 millions of people. It possesses a noble literature, numerous folk songs, not inferior even to those of Serbia, and, what chiefly concerns us now, a copious collection of justly admired folk tales, many of them of great antiquity, which are regarded, both in Russia and Poland, as quite unique of their kind. Mr. Ralston, I fancy, was the first to call the attention of the West to these curious stories, though the want of that time of a good Ruthenian dictionary, a one since supplied by the excellent lexicon of Zelikovsky and Nidilski, prevented him from utilizing them. Another Slavonic scholar, Mr. Morfield, has also frequently alluded to them in terms of enthusiastic, but by no means extravagant praise. The three chief collections of Ruthenian folklore are those of Kulish, Urchenko and Zdragomanov, which represent, at least approximately, the three dialects into which Ruthenian is generally divided. It is from these three collections that the present selection has been made. Kulish, who has the merit of priority, was little more than a pioneer, his contribution merely consisting of some dozen kaski mercin, and kazachiki incorporated in the second volume of his Zapiski o Rusi, Descriptions of South Russia Petrograd, 1856-1857 Twelve years later, Rutchenko published at Kiev what is still, on the whole, the best collection of Ruthenian folk tales under the title of Narodnoya Jużnoruskia Skazki Popular South Russian Folk Tales Like Linrod Among the Finns, Rutchenko took down the greater part of these tales direct from the lips of the people. In a second volume, published in the following year, he added other stories gleaned from various minor manuscript collections of great rarity. In 1876, the Imperial Russian Geographical Society published at Kiev under the title of Malorusskia, Narodnia, Predonia i Raskazui – Little Russian Popular Traditions and Tales an edition of as many manuscript collections of Ruthenian folklore, including poems, proverbs, riddles and rites, as it could lay its hands upon. This collection, though far less rich in variants than Rutchenko's, contained many original tales which had escaped him, and was ably edited by Michael Dragomanov, by whose name, indeed, it is generally known. The present attempt to popularize these Cossack stories is, I believe, the first translation ever made from Rufanian into English. The selection, though naturally restricted, is fairly representative. Every variety of folk tale has a place in it, and it should never be forgotten that the Rufanian Kaska, Merchin, owing to favorable circumstances, has managed to preserve far more of the fresh spontaneity and naive simplicity of the primitive folk tale than her more sophisticated sister. The Russian Skazka. it is maintained moreover by Slavonic scholars that there are peculiar and original elements in these stories not to be found in the folklore of other European peoples, such data for instance, as the magic handkerchiefs, generally beneficial but sometimes as it is in the story of Ivan Golik, terribly baleful, the demon expelling hemp and tar whips, and the magic castle teeming egg. So mischievous a possession to the unwary it may be so but after all that mr andrew lang has taught us on the subject it would be rash for any mere philologist to assert positively that there can be anything really new in folklore under the sun on the other hand the comparative isolation and primitiveness of the cossacks and the remoteness from the great theatres of historical events would seem to be favourable conditions Both for the safe preservation of old myths and the easy development of new ones. It is for professional students of folklore to study the original documents for themselves. RNB. End of section one. Recording by Adam Wilkins.